0: Welcome to episode 65 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, With me today, my co-host, Matthew Aguilar. What's up? And we've brought back the wrestling man himself, Connor Casey. And unfortunately today, uh, we are pigeonholing you once again because we brought you back to talk about <laughs> some wrestling because WWE's class of champions is going down this weekend. And so we're going to give you guys our preview, as we always do, of big WWE events. So Matt and Connor are going to take you through what to expect for that. But we also got a whole show to do. And in today's newsflash, we got a lot to uh, both celebrate and talk about. We're going to talk about the new trailer for the Are You Afraid of the Dark Nickelodeon Revival series. We are going to talk about the return of Black Jesus and also the TV show about him that's coming back. We will also be talking about the release date of Netflix's The Witcher, which may have now leaked. And we have the next installment of our grenade. (laughs) I forgot what the word I was going to say. Uh, segment. Yes. Grenade segment that we will uh, be getting into today because I didn't feel like the first one was violent <laughs> enough, so we're going to keep going with that. And
1: a very quick fan favorite.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah but people love Grenade. It's a fun game. And we will once again be digging into the mind-bending X-Men relaunch with Powers of X number four. So be sure to stay tuned because when we get back, we are getting into a bunch of news in our news flash that you don't want to miss. Starting right at the top, uh, I threw this one. I mean, you know, it's good to host a show sometimes because you can use it for purely selfish (laughs) gains. And I got a big surprise today that made me happy when I saw that uh, Black Jesus is returning to Adult Swim. And not just returning, but like it's returning real soon. It's coming back on September 20th. Uh, This is Aaron Magruder's satirical show uh, that imagines a guy who is essentially says he's Jesus who exists in modern day compton california um and trying to bring like good faith and and stuff and tidings to the people of the of compton and of course it it goes hilariously sideways uh in some really great ways but um it's from aaron magruder the creator of the boondocks and this is kind of like he's having a good comeback on adult swim yeah for really. boondocks is coming back and is already you know headed into production black jesus is coming back after being off the air for four years and uh yeah, this was kind of a cult favorite show, but, like, really funny, aside from the controversial premise, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just the kind of – and it launched some good careers, like uh, internet, or Instagram sensation King Bach was, got his start, really, on that show. Um, it's going to be sad because Charlie Murphy was a big part of that show, and now he's mm-hmm. passed away. But uh, Slink Johnson really became famous because of that, and he plays the titler, tight – tight huh, – uh, oh, my God – he plays Black Jesus, all right? So there you go. <laughs> I can't say that word. The word right you
3: now. were looking for was titular.
0: Titular. Ooh, I should have said it that Ah mm. Oh, man. Anyway. So. It got weird.
1: I do like, <laughs> <that> <laughs> the just, like w- whenever they make announcements like this, it it is like a, oh, by the way, you're going to get this in like three Yeah. Weeks. Yeah. yeah. That's like, really yeah, good. And that was just like a total I
0: surprise. And it was just like, I thought the show was done for good, but um. Yeah, I have fond memories of not just the show, but, like, what was going on at the times I was watching this show, so I'm really happy about that. They say so, why it
4: took so long for it to come, like, was it just uh he decided not to do it for a while, or was I it... I think,
0: yeah, I think there were behind-the-scenes th- things, like, they were going to, and then they didn't. Some of it might have been made before and not released. Oh, okay. Like, there's a whole... I mean, everything kind of got muddled with Magruder somewhere in the mid-2010s, uh, with the boondocks, this show, everything, so, like... Um, I guess it's getting straightened out now, or he needs money, or it's just the right climate for it to come back. Yeah, so would, either way. trailer uh, looks super funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> the
4: trailer looks yeah. super funny.
0: The end with him like, if you watch the trailer, it's great. The ending scene with like, oh Jesus, it's your birthday. And he's like doing like he's doing like all kinds of crazy dances on a swimming pool on the top of a swimming pool. And it's just like, yeah, so it's a good, it's a good thing, even if you're like heavily face-based. This is a really fun show. You should check it out. Oh, all right, so moving right along. We're going to talk about the trailer that dropped in the middle of the night, Are You Afraid of the Dark? The uh, Nickelodeon series that we all grew up with. I, I mean, most of I assume most of us. I okay. know, Matt did. Connor, I assume you did. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. And we just wanted to kind of touch on this one because we've talked several times about the idea of young adult horror and how this used to be a thing when we grew up and was very common. And we talked about it with uh, Scary Stories to Tell mm-hmm. in the Dark. Um, but then it kind of went away. And after you know, our generation, and it became this thing, like almost like taboo. New mm-hmm. generations of kids weren't supposed to be scared at all. Yeah. Uh, it violates their safe space and stuff, but uh, we're now having this revival that began a couple years ago with like the Goosebumps movie coming back, mm-hmm. and we got our, you know, Scary Stories of Telling You Dark, which is based on one of the most famous kids' horror book series, and now we have Are You Afraid of the Dark coming back, and what I will say is we had teasers up until this trailer's debut, And now we've seen this and I will say that I'm liking this. I like what I see about it. It kind of captures the feeling of the original very much with the whole ceremony around the fire and I submit for the Midnight Society and then the anthology stories, which I love. This one looks like it could be in some parts a little bit too scary for kids. (laughs) There's that was like,
3: that was my thing is I still can't tell even after the full trailer how scary is this really going to be.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Like there are shots of zombies and creepy well, people. Yeah, that's and, the shot that really so, got but me. But to me but like it
1: is it's almost like have any, did any of you guys see a house of the clock on its walls? Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, like that's a movie that is a one of the like scary movies. I also thought kids, that was a
4: little but too the trailers scary. It yeah.
1: looked a bit like it was going to be a bit much. And so I say if this falls into
0: that vein
1: I think it has a chance of being really good.
0: Well, I think it'll be a hit. I I mean, let me just put that out there. I think this is a smart property to bring back. Mm -hmm. I think it will be a hit. I think it'd be great for people like myself to sit down with their kids on like a Friday night or Mm -hmm. whatever and and check this out and see. Um, And it's a good way to kind of bridge parents who love horror with Mm -hmm. stuff that they can do with their kids. And I think that's... I think it is going to be a success because I think this is badly needed in the market. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just getting ready for the inevitable <laughs> backlash conversation. But this is, like, everything
4: like I wanted. Like, House in the Clock on the Walls is, I loved it, but it was what I wanted Goosebumps to yes. be. It was yeah. everything I wanted. Like, it was, scar- it was actually a, a little scary, too scary at harder, times.
1: It's a harder-edged yeah. Goosebumps,
4: but walks the line. Beautifully. Yeah. And I mean, this looks like it has the same type of vein. It's going to push a little, and you're going to get kids probably freaked out at a couple spots, but it's not enough. And the original like, freaked
0: us out. Yeah. Like a freaking clown yeah. episode. Yeah, I still clown, remember the that. The clown, the phantom cab episode. Yeah. Like, there are several ones that are like burned in my brains. I believe there's one about washing behind your ears that freaked me out or something mm-hmm. like that. Like, yeah, there's, there's. Are You Afraid of the Dark was. It's
4: got a good little yeah. cast, too, including. Uh, the uh,
0: it actor yeah the guy who plays young Ben and, yeah is yeah. In this. I was um, like young
4: Ben I also think it's kind of smart the way they're doing it where it's like this three kind of part like three episode thing to kind of try out and see how it goes and then maybe they'll do like another set of books adapt another because this one's Carnival of Doom yeah I don't know if it's just this the first episode or if that's like the whole First like three episode arc. I don't know whether they're gonna do that like make it a longer story or not But I think it's really smart to do it in these little chunks Yeah, and make a little big, make a big event of it and then like go away Don't get the trial. out going. You can always yeah. switch out the cast too if you need to because of that it allows you flexibility So
0: yeah, I think the kid, that it kid is gonna start asking you for some money get him out, <laughs> He's Be Like yeah, but um, yeah so, I say all that to say is because we check in with horror regularly. I'm kind of excited for this. I'm excited to see this come back. I'm excited to see Creepshow come back. Like, I'm, I'm liking how they're kind of integrating horror into it's back It's the time of year. Yeah, and it is a time of year. Um, speaking of which, something that isn't going to fit in this time of year, but probably could, the release date for Netflix's The Witcher <laughs> has apparently leaked uh, Netflix. <laughs> I think Netflix blew their own spot on this one. They were doing like uh they did a post about the countdown to certain shows arriving thinking like America's this bad at math now like nobody'll figure this out but of
4: course like I mean, Well it wasn't even the American
0: account. I know. It was uh, what was it? You Netherlands. Netherlands? It was like the oh, Netherlands. Yeah. It was like out in the Netherlands somewhere. Yeah, and then they Come on. Get out of those coffee shops. You guys are just blowing the whole spot. Yeah. But uh yeah, they kind of put down a countdown and people were like easy math and they just did the math and based on this chart which is unofficial it seems like we're gonna get The Witcher on December seventeenth, A.K.A. right in time for Christmas. Yeah, I believe, I believe that that would be an official date. Um, Cause I'm trying to, I was trying to think. Like barring any, I don't think Netflix has like a big blockbuster movie loaded up for the holiday no, they, season. Yeah, but
1: they tend to. If they do, I don't think we'll know about it. So we'll probably Closer. learn about it
4: either this. Month that's or when, like, they do those Christmas, like they did Christmas. We'll, Chronicles. No, we'll get a we'll Kurt do. Russell Christmas.
0: But yeah. We got right, That was Bird Box. Yeah. And, but I'm talking about like I'm more like thinking like Bright. Like, oh yeah, They're big block. Like the last couple of years, they've done blockbuster like movie. They did mm. Bird Box last yeah. year, then they did Bright like the year before. And I don't know if we have anything, but like Jim said, we might not know. But this would be a series or an event. That would carry people through the Christmas holiday yeah. of binge watching. And a
4: bunch of people are going to be home, those. right? Holiday yeah. season, perfect time to launch a new yeah, this show. This is like right
0: when everybody's getting home from college yeah. and like pulling in, they're like, ah, I'm in my parents' house. What the hell do I have to do? Fire need, up the Witcher. Need
4: bingeable go. stuff. So, and uh, unlike Bright,
3: this actually looks good.
0: Oh, stop. Oh, whoa. Stop. We're not, whoa. we can't sure have unscheduled grenades. That was pre-grenade to the show. That was a pre-grenade.
3: Like, yeah, that's not a grenade. People won't like I that haven't movie. actually
4: seen Bright, so I cannot weigh into this.
0: You got, yeah, go on. You, you, need, you need to go. there. I mean, you were like one of the key people I would like to see weigh in on Bright because it was a big fight in his office when that movie came out. I remember because I was not a fight part. I one party. It. <laughs> it was one of the few fights. I, so. loved I liked it. But um, yeah, The Witcher. So it's coming out, and I'm still on the fence about this one, uh, but I wasn't heavily involved in the in the property before this, the books or the games. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I'm kind of like, eh. but I, the first trailer didn't grab me. I think Henry Cavill still kind of looks weird in this role. Um, but, you know, I will be there, and I will be binging it, so bring on December.
4: And that's what Netflix cares about. Right? Yep, <laughs> I guess
0: that's true. They don't care about my feelings afterwards. <laughs> so be on the lookout. Witcher coming, presumably in December, which means we should be getting more promo materials for this New York Comic Con right around the Comic Con, yeah, and thereafter will be, like, the big push. Yeah. I expect to see Cavill's face on some big-ass billboard in New York somewhere.
4: I was amazed that on the uh, Netflix panel lineup was not a Witcher panel. Yeah. That surprised me. I was like, okay, well, I don't know. <laughs> if you're going to make a splash, I don't know where you do it kind of between now and then, as far as, like, conventions go. But, yeah, well we'll see.
0: So, moving right along. Stephen King's The Stand miniseries. Uh, we talked about this when the big casting was first Announced uh, James Marston and uh, Amber Heard were cast in the CBS All Access miniseries. Which, if you aren't excited for that, if you're excited for that, make sure you go out and get CBS All Access so you can access all of this stand content. So, moving right along. We now have two big castings for the stand that we got this week. Uh, The two rival leaders of these rival societies that are set up in this post-apocalyptic world One is Mother Abigail, the kind of benevolent uh, woman who sets up a kind of society in Colorado. And the other is, of course, Randall Flagg, the reoccurring Stephen King villain who sets up this kind of dark and murderous, destructive society of marauders out in Las Vegas. And these are the two societies that kind of go to war in this stand. So Stephen King came on The View, of all places, uh, (laughs) to kind of (laughs) drop some more... Uh, casting announcements for The Stand and he did and they were just kind of like you know peripheral characters or side characters but he also had one big surprise because he was on The View not coincidentally because Whoopi Goldberg is going to be playing Uh, Mother Abigail so Whoopi Goldberg will be Mother Abigail in uh, the Stand miniseries and that's exciting for longtime fans but uh, I think of course the even bigger news came after Stephen King was on The View and dug up you know revealed this Whoopi Goldberg thing uh Collider went digging to see who would be playing Randall Flagg because he's the big villain of this piece and nobody had said a word about it. And according to their sources, they, they dug into Alexander Skarsgård will be playing Randall Flagg in The Stand. And Alexander Skarsgård's a longtime fan favorite. He was in True Blood, um, he was in Big Little Lies, a bunch of other movies in between, like Tarzan, if you remember that. Uh, remember him and Margo Robbie made a Tarzan movie? Yeah.
1: I mean, wow. This feels like... Those Skarsgårds love their Stephen King. They do.
0: Yeah. So Bill Skarsgård... he's worked out Jim's for Bill. Bill Skarsgård is uh, Pennywise in the It movies and now... And he's also in brother. Castle Rock. Yeah, he's in Castle Get Rock. as the weird money, guy. dude. And uh, Alexander Skarsgård will now be Randall Flagg. And that's a pretty big... And that's that's awesome casting. Like, yeah. I really do like that. Um, if you don't know, Randall Flagg's this demonic figure... He changes and has aliases, and sometimes Stephen King doesn't always refer to him directly, but he's in several books. He's in, like, Hearts of Atlantis, The Dragon Eyes, um, The Dark Tower. He's
3: not the man in black, though, or is he the man
0: in black? No, he's not the man in black. He's a guy in the Dark Tower that, I think in the opening of the book, that Roland is chasing down, Mm -hmm. um, and he's trying to flee, and he's like a sorcerer or something. Uh, But he's a demonic figure that represents evil, okay? And there you go. And in the stand, he has weird powers of, like, prophecy and magic and stuff like that. Uh, And I think Skarsgård, who was excellent playing like uh, that vampire character in True Blood, who was, you know, danced around the line of being a villain or a good guy and things like that. Uh, He's really good at kind of balancing that. He had a similar role in Big Little Lies. And so he's good about kind of looking friendly or even like handsome and stuff, but also being very creepy and menacing so perfect i'm kind of thinking that's gonna be perfect casting and i'm liking this stand miniseries more that i hear it uh like i've said the 90s one was a big deal event when i when it came on so i'm kind of liking how this one is shaping up so far how about you guys
4: i'm ready for it you ready for it Mm -hmm. i the more i hear about this like not even the casting just like the more i hear about like the plot because i was never a giant stephen king guy so I come into a lot of these properties kind of new, like I don't mm-hmm. really have much reference material. But this sounds awesome and I, and I like the casting so far. So I mean, it's not something that I would have paid attention to before It, I will say. And now that I've kind of been won over by that and they seem to have a good grasp on stuff, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll give a lot of other Stephen King stuff a try.
3: That's fair, it's gonna run into a lot of the roadblocks that all Stephen King adaptations have. Like, even It Chapter Two had issues with how do we reconcile with the giant turtle god and <laughs> All of that nonsense. Like, it works in the book, but how well does it translate on screen? So something as massive as The Stand, which in theory could never be just one movie, now you got to deal with that in a miniseries. I'll be interested to see what what they do.
0: Yeah. All right. So moving right along, here's one that's pretty much, uh, like, I mean, this is a pretty fun thing for 90s kids like myself. Uh, Disney Plus is coming, and there's plenty to be excited about for that, like, already. Yeah. Uh, between the Marvel shows, the Star Wars shows, the movies, the original content that Disney's putting out, like, all that stuff we've been over, but it just keeps getting better,
1: you oh, know? Oh, I don't know. I think I have a hot take here, but I'm gonna let you finish oh, introing this Okay,
0: one. uh, well... Okay! The hot take. <laughs> we're getting 90s anime, Marvel animated series coming to Disney+, Plus. Spider-Man, X-Men, the Incredible Hulk, and Fantastic Four series, uh... Two of those were really official, Spider-Man and X-Men. Two of those you had to check your local listings and try to track <laughs> down a lot. Also, they were, were terrible. Yeah, the Fantastic Four series, and the Hulk they were series. They terrible. They were pretty bad. They were pretty bad. But, like, they were so bad in a good way. They were on, like... UPN in my sit in Philadelphia, <laughs> and they were like partnered with the Phantom 2020 Man. and like other ridiculous. Oh, God, Phantom, <laughs> Phantom
1: 2020. Those animated shows were like the first MCU though. Because, yeah, kind of. Yeah, because you were yeah. getting guest spots happening. Yeah, Spider Man all... crossed over. There was her. an was Iron like, Man
3: yeah. show too, right? There
1: was, oh, yeah, right. was an Iron Man
3: extra
4: show. Ever. I remember actually liking that at the time. The, I actually the, liked the, the,
1: the song show. for Iron Man is like is one of the best because like all go, the force work
4: stuff was part of that, right? Yep, Force yeah, books okay. part of that. Oh,
1: yeah, that's right, because yeah. Spider-Woman. Yeah.
0: So, like, yeah. <laughs> so they're coming back on Disney+, Plus and, you know, that got a big woo-hoo for me, because I will, I mean, Spider-Man and X-Men and the X-Men animated series alone are just, you know, really fond pieces of my childhood. So I'm going to be excited to live those over again, but Jim is staring at me like... <laughs> I uh, have a
1: feeling that everyone's going to watch four episodes and then not care anymore. Of which one?
4: Both? Any of them. See, I agree with you on Spider-Man, because I don't think Spider-Man ages well at didn't, all. Didn't Spider-Man end on a cliffhanger?
1: Is, uh, X-Men has aged even worse.
4: Than Spider-Man? Yeah. No, I oh, don't know.
3: No. X Men didn't try that three D city great. modeling stuff.
4: <laughs> Spider Man's <laughs> pretty weak when you go back and, and watch it, but X Men still has the only some thing episodes. Is Peter Parker's the hairstyle. The thing I'm more
1: excited for is um, supposedly that hasn't been confirmed yet, but Earth's Mightiest Heroes is supposed to be on there. Okay. The uh, and um, uh, the Avengers show that came after that one, but Avengers also Assemble. yeah, Avengers Assemble. But also a lot of the, like the classic stuff is supposed to be
3: on there. The too. real thing that needs to get on there is Spectacular Spider Man. So that's the best series. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say Darkwing Duck. and I, was I don't
0: know. <laughs> I think, crazy. I think awesome. Spider-Man the Animated Series was great. Uh, I did
4: too at the time. I loved it.
0: I oh, just,
1: I was upset. Like, that is, yeah. the, all of those were my key entry points into the yeah. Marvel Universe. It made me total Marvel fan. But like.
4: I'm not hating on those like at the time. I'm just saying if you're going to go back and watch ben them. Omar, come I agree. I no, was, do the was song. on
1: Hulu for a while. A uh, year, or, oh, like like two or so years ago, oh, I, I remember like watching some episodes, being like, "God, I cannot get through these."
0: I mean, it's different now. Like, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's very '90s and slightly still '80s. I think you're letting but, like, some
1: like, nostalgia talk.
0: No, I've I've watched it again. Like, I've actually sat down and taken a look at them again. They're I will say, funny. It is. the voice acting is very funny. There's a lot of screaming. There's <laughs> a, lot yeah, of a lot of scary. very bad voice acting. I used but, to uh, love. I love it. I used to love the. I still
4: I still like the Colossus episode. Um... With the accent, I still like mm. the Nightcrawler, but I thought they handled those really well. I still love that Iceman episode. Um, the Rogue parts sometimes are hard for me now.
0: <laughs> yeah, Rogue and Jean Grey are annoying characters. Yeah, in uh, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh god, that voice is Scott. Scott, doesn't have a Jean's whole dialogue. But I still like Beast. I want to watch these for the cheesy nostalgia factor, like. I want to watch them and be like, oh, man, like, oh, man, or, or this th- is like what we were so into, man. At like, the I very
3: least, se- seek out the Hobgoblin episodes, because that's Mark Hamill doing that voice. In yeah. Amazing.
0: Oh, yeah, oh right. man. No, Spider-Man has a lot of great things. The villains, like how over the top all the villains are. One of my favorite Peter Spider-Man episodes <laughs> is <laughs>
4: it's the Punisher episode. I thought that was actually really well done. Yeah. That we did that just really well.
0: There's good ones, man. I love it. So I will be watching that. Disney Plus, I mean, i got to kill time on Disney Plus all day long anyway, so there will be a slot for those. Is
4: Darwin Duck confirmed yet
0: or no?
1: No, but I can't imagine they don't bring that back. Oh, that and Gargoyles.
0: Yes. Yep. Keith David's ready. He's ready. Hey. Gargoyles one.
4: has been confirmed, though, right? Gargoyles is
0: officially part of it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So... I will be watching that. If you guys want to get on these guys about their hot takes, you can hit them up. <laughs> because I'm gonna say my love for Spider-Man, the animated series, and X-Men is is rock solid. Those other two, I don't honestly know about. The,
1: the Hulk one is probably the one I'm the most excited for.
0: What? I, what? I loved what? that one. This is just going gone from a hot take to a bad take.
1: Nope. Like no, The Hulk one I loved so
4: much. Okay. As long as you didn't say the Fantastic Four. Yeah, Fantastic Four. No, Nobody likes that. We'll like that. Bad. <laughs> <That's>,
0: <laughs> <laughs> moving right along. We're back for another installment today of Grenade! Where we toss a grenade in the room and we let it blow up. And today's grenade is a special one because this one is kind of like a specially customized bomb, I would say, for you, Mr. Matthew Aguilar. Why? <laughs> because today's Why? grenade is all about cardiac. Is it really? Yup. What? Yes, we have a very special cardiac grenade for you, and it's right there. with Mr. Jim Viscardi.
1: So a friend of the show, Patrick at uh, Z's Comic Glare, happened to get the first appearance of Cardiac <gasps> in, and the only Cardiac stand in the world <laughs> is on this podcast. Uh, I don't know if this is in my shop, but I'm gonna put it there for people who are watching the video. Uh, and so yeah, so we, so we, we sent it in for, uh, for Mr. Matt. Wow, awesome. really? He's still the worst character in the world. <laughs> See,
0: you don't know. It really? uh, is right that really for me? You? Yeah, that's for you. Oh my okay, God, I got the first appearance of Cardiac. Yeah, I know. So that's today's grenade. It's Not all bad kids. Just so you don't think you start knowing what a- grenades are all yes. about. Today is a surprise grenade for Matt. For a nice little possession, the first appearance of Spider-Man character Cardiac, which one person in the world wanted. <laughs> to, to be fair.
1: This, uh, so it's Amazing Spider Man 344, which is also the first appearance of Cletus Cassidy.
0: Ooh. Wow,
1: yeah, so it's a bit of a twofer. Uh,
0: wait, at the end, is that the issue before Carnage? Yep, oh man,
1: and wow. so, uh, so
4: of course, it's not the first appearance of Carnage,
0: Not no, just it's really the first, Carnage, Cletus.
1: just Cletus Cassidy, because then
4: everyone would care about that issue. It's it. supposed so, to just so, one person, so
1: this, yeah, exactly. So, this issue, really, like. With absolute carnage running wild, everyone's like, oh, I got to get that first appearance of Cletus Kasen. and They're like, who's the other guy on the cover? Ooh, no one cares. It's cardiac.
0: So there you go. I'm That's so today's Grenade. Thank you, guys. Although the call-out actually awesome. What uh,
1: uh, is he hero or villain? Introducing Cardiac.
4: <laughs> but wait, there's more. Such that design is, is sick. Look at the design. It's it, it is not. It is awesome. The blue and the white, and it's got look, the rod. Look. We uh, set off
0: this grenade. You are happy. That's all I'm gonna get <laughs> as much as I'm investing. Man. in. a discussion of whether we're not going to do an actual grenade. He starts in the lab because He's that's like not doing like that's a firecracker, not even a grenade. Is party act awesome. Like it's just you fighting the world again, and I don't want you to go it's off the entire article. world. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy that, Matt. Thank uh, you, guys. Congratulations, thank you Matt has uh, thank congratulations in order in his life right now. So excited. Because you've got an issue of cardiac, and you're going to be a dad to a little girl. So that's a big deal. So there you go, buddy. There's something to uh, mark the the milestone of fatherhood. Cardiac. Better role models than cardiac. (laughs) This is
1: is probably fair.
0: (laughs) Yes, it's definitely true. All right, so that's a rare bit of nicety that we put into this show. Uh, Don't get used to it. But when we get back, we are going to dive deep into the latest installment of Jonathan Hickman's X-Men relaunch, Powers of X number four, and Matt and Connor are going to break down some wrestling for us for WWE's Clash of Champions. So stay tuned for that.
3: Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah Quality for your most precious gift Hannah Soft, made to
2: last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. All
0: right, so we're back. We are now officially over halfway done with Jonathan Hickman's Dawn of X X Men relaunch event. Um, I've written an article on comicbook.com that basically has gathered up the biggest questions we have after 10 questions, the big 10 powers of 10 questions that we have uh, after reading this series. Because Hickman has done a lot of reveals, a lot of remixes, but he's also introduced a lot of things that are still mysteries. And we're coming down the back half of this series. And uh, it's time to see if we can land this plane, because we've had a great time reading it, breaking it down, talking about it in the office and on the show. Now, hopefully, we can just bring it home in satisfying fashion. In this one, Powers of X 4, it gets weird, because it was very unexpected, the way this shifts. And this is coming off of uh, the weird kind of helix shift we've done, where we got two Powers of X issues, then two House of X issues, and now we're back to the alternating format each week. And it was kind of interesting to see what happened in those kind of continuing yeah. issues. Because Powers of X 2 and 3 really kind of wrapped up the story of the uh, future X-Men of the Man-Mutant-Machine-Supremacy War timeline. And the reveal that that was all in Moira's ninth life. Then we got two issues of House of X in the tenth life, which saw the X-Men go on this mission to battle Mother Mold on the Orcus orbital base and. They completed their mission, but the X-Men team suffered horrific deaths: Cyclops, Jean Grey, you know, Wolverine, Nightcrawler, uh, Angel, Husk, M—all dead. Major characters. And so Professor X made this proclamation at the end: "No more." That seemed like a big deal. And then we were waiting with Powers of X to see what that kind of evolved into. But that's not what we got at all. No. <laughs> no. Um, and if you haven't figured it out, Powers of X really is kind of like House of X is like the main drive of the story. But Powers of X is like the f- larger framing of a story. Mm-hmm. It's all the stuff Hickman couldn't put into one chart, so he like to actually, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> actually create a second book. But uh, it reframes the story of House yeah. of X, and, and it's kind of like Memento. You learn new scenes that redefine what you're seeing in House of X. Um, so that's what we got because, and that was like how it worked. Right, we found out that the future thing was Moira's ninth timeline or ninth, ninth lifetime. And so, therefore, the mission against Orcus and House of X became all the more important. Yep. Because we knew all the sacrifice, that la- literally lifetimes of sacrifice that had gone into it. And the X-Men kind of completing this mission to stop Mother Mold, prevent Nimrod from being created. Now, we pull back again. And this issue of House of X, or Powers of X, Powers of, I keep saying Powers of Ten. Nobody's correcting me. Powers of, I've said Powers of X. You had it right. Oh, powers of Ten. Two. So, there are three main scenes in this it's be Powers odd. of 10, 4. One takes place in the years before the X-Men's creation, uh, and that's the big one, right? Like Mm. We see Charles Xavier and Magneto go and meet Mr. Sinister at Bar Sinister. A
3: very fabulous Mr. Mr. Sinister. Sinister. Such a
0: great
1: Bar Sinister, first appearance, uh, Secret Wars number two. So this is a Hickman doing a deep cut on his own. He did a lot of deep cuts here. But this was... (laughs) I want to just see Hickman write more Sinister.
0: More. Oh, my Sinister God, yes. Yeah, Mr. You know. Sinister uh, it was or... was funny. Mr. Yeah, Sinister hilarious. Deadpool in this one, <laughs> yeah. really. Uh, yeah, so they go to meet Mr. Sinister, and the big thing is we find out that they made a secret pact. There's all these secret pacts that apparently have existed before X-Men. Uh, according to Morira's plan, we're like Xavier and Magneto were always working together. And now we find out they were always working with Sinister, but he was kind of a... He was a sleeper agent in, well, of sorts. Don't, don't, didn't
3: we already know about his deal with Sinister? Because the, the history timeline was like, and then he betrays him, and then we, yeah, gets
0: right. we no. knew <laughs> how his
4: life. We know how his life ends in one life. Yeah, that we, was a ninth timeline. Yeah, I and you. we know
0: he That's betrayed
4: them, time. and like that was where all the c- different creations he was making come from. Uh, but we didn't know like the context of like what that agreement was. When things went wrong, why he you know, decided, like, so yeah, there's a lot of gaps. Yeah,
0: there's somewhere. a lot of gaps. And, like, like I said, this is what he, Hitman does. He gives you one thing and then, like, puts a shutter down over two others, like, while yep. you're obsessed over the one thing. So we find out that they had a secret pack with Sinister to create this mutant DNA library. Um, that was the first scene in their whole conversation. And it's a great scene because <laughs> so this is an island full of Sinister clones. And, like, they have this weird society that they've made. This kingdom, it's like a royal court almost, except this very demented version of it run by multiple Mr. Sinisters, who like, there's a butler, Mr. Sinister, who doesn't Give the guy who's talking to Xavier Magneto, he never had a cape, he's all envious of Magneto's cape. So execute good. him. Yeah, and he's like, why did you ever tell me this? And he's like, oh, you know, it slipped my mind. And then he's just like, okay, execute this man. And then two other Sinisters, like guards with swords, just come and hack that dude to pieces.
3: And then a, and so then a Sinister with a cape shows up. Yeah, that's up. the
0: best part of too. Like, So then they're like, okay, what we basically want you to do is make this mutant library, but we don't want you to know that you're doing this until Charles Xavier like makes you remember. And the guy's like, nah, I'm not messing with mutant genes. Like, uh, I've been down that road. I hate it. And then he just gets <laughs> shot in the head. That Sinister gets shot in the head by the Sinister who has, like, the frilly cape that we know. Mm-hmm. The traditional Sinister who's like, I'm the mutant Sinister. And, like.
4: I just love his initial
0: reaction, which was, I will. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am. Yeah, the guy's like, in <laughs> chairs, like, nah, man, I'm not doing that. And he gets shot in the head. And the other Sinister's like, I will. And, he sits down and he's like, yeah, man, tell me all about this plan. This sounds yeah. great. Um, and so, like, yeah. So we get that. But, of course, this is Hickman. And so we get that scene. But it's a major scene, even though it's played kind of silly and comedic. Uh, There's a whole Mr. Sinister, Bar Sinister gossip letter that's like Mm. a Wendy Williams-style blind item. So good. That is full of, and it's so stupid, but full of major clues, nonetheless, (laughs) about big things that are happening that Mr. Sinister knows, secrets of the X-Men universe that we don't know yet, that he knows and, you know, including, I think, of the last references to himself mm-hmm. yeah. being the mutant sinister who talked to Xavier Magneto knows more than he let them know that he knows. And it's just this whole sinister talking to sinister newsletter that's so good. really bizarre but, like, full of secrets. So that was one big scene. Um, and that has a lot of importance mm-hmm. because this well, is been... basically the framing of how these – why Hickman was able to tell a story with yeah. the X-Men horrifically dying – uh, it goes back to House of X number one. The very first scene is, is Xavier in this garden, this bioorganic garden full of pods. And they open and people that are clones of the X-Men come crawling out. And he's like, to me, my X-Men. And it was this really creepy scene. And we were all like, what does this mean? Yeah. And now this, like I said, Powers of Ten is the framing device that kind of doesn't tell you things directly, mm-hmm. but kind of shows you all the pieces you need to put it together for yourself. And, it, and this is clearly kind of a setup for Mr. Sinister having made this mutant library to basically be able to do what he did for the Marauders is like, bring back any mutant mm-hmm. like yeah. at any time, yeah. um, which is going to be interesting how they implement that. Because as I was talking to like Jamie and Rollin and other people around the office, it's like, this is theoretically a way you could use to explain any X-Men dying and being brought back mm-hmm. ever. Uh, it's also unclear, like how this factors in the house of X in this timeline. Uh, Cause Xavier has been a creep this whole time and we don't know why, but yeah. like, He's just killing off X-Men and bringing them back again. That's a very drastic change to that character. I just Uh, got... I got a lot of
1: satisfaction because I'd been sort of stumping the whole Sinister is behind a lot of this uh, idea since that first issue. And so seeing Sinister, I was like, oh, yes. (laughs) But also, it would not surprise me if the Xavier that we see is a clone Xavier. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, That's what I I think, too. Like, Yeah. yeah. I think... I mean, this the last blind item is really important because it suggests that he's known about Moira, these lifetimes, all this plan before they came to see him. Mm-hmm. And he's been playing, the, he's playing them. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's pretending to be the sheep, but he's really a wolf in that, yeah, he could be pulling some double cross. There's also the fact that there's an entire location in this Krakoa place called the No Place, which is a... One of the flowers grows it's a black flower that grows essentially what's a tumor that's not connected to the rest of krakoa but is part of it and that's probably like a secret lab or layer where all these sinister experiments are taking place so we're going to get to see that so that was one scene the other important scene was of course cypher on krakoa in the whole history of how xavier (laughs) finally kind of bridged the gap with krakoa which was like this place (laughs) you know cypher makes a great reference joke it's the place where mutants go to get murdered. <laughs> the <laughs> yeah. entire team of X-Men was lost on Krakoa. It was the mission where the original ones got captured and uh, all new X-Men had to come save them. Wolverine, Storm, Psych, or uh, Colossus, Nightcrawler were formed to save them from Krakoa. Yeah. And so Xavier made peace with Krakoa and he takes Cypher there to kind of develop a language of how to... And this is in the past uh, months before House of X started. About mm-hmm. how they finally kind of made the symbiosis with Krakoa and then were able to create the Krakoa habitat uh, for mutants and make this nation. Um, but it's kind of ominous because he's like one thing always leads to 50 other things in a Hickman story. And so in this one, we learn that Krakoa was once part of a, a half of two yeah, that was l- living <laughs> land masses that split apart in the ancient world. And when they did, it was because the demons from the Limbo had used the sword to cut them apart and to gain a portal into the earth. The demons overrun, and if you remember, this is all callback to X-Men's Inferno event, mm-hmm. uh, which featured Mr. Sinister, Madeline Pryor, the Goblin Queen, the Jean Grey clone, that whole thing. Um, oh, magic, like a whole bunch of stuff. So, hey, Kofi. Yeah, I know. The demons come out. They were repelled <laughs> by Apocalypse, who was apparently an ancient world hero, which was a big change to that character, and his four horsemen, who were sealed away on this other half of Krakoa that they push through this portal. And that fits in cuz they've been teasing Yeah, they've been teasing returns. them that they're yeah. returning sinister's teasing. So well, all of that we're happens. To
4: see if we see if we
1: can actually see Apocalypse's original four horsemen.
4: Like that's what they keep
1: That's what they teasing, keep teasing, right? they're all throughout know, this that's story. That's what I want to yeah. expect. Now, that's my
4: question is is that something cuz that was teased in 1002. Is that something that they are teasing for this particular event or is that something for dawn of x when those titles roll out and
0: that's what i'm getting to come around to is that a lot of this is literally setting up the next era of of x-men and it's just hickman remixing all the old and new in one pot yeah and then he's gonna put it all back out like this
4: sinister stuff makes me i cannot wait for the hickman's core x-men book which is essentially all the summers family like this, like after I was excited for that because one, I'm just a mark for half those people. But now, though, when you have all the implications of like what Sinister knew, like all that stuff.
0: And there's you, another Summers Brother teased in yeah, this Yeah, right?
4: So yeah. You, throw, you start throwing all that stuff, and I'm like, oh my God, like I cannot wait for that book now. Yeah. Hickman and, made Cypher cool. Yeah. Well, <laughs> How do you, you make
1: cipher like, cool? So like, like Hickman is doing a lot of connecting the dots with yeah. a bunch of characters through a bunch of different books that he himself has written, and I think we what we may see here with Apocalypse is probably something that ties to stu- stuff that he did in Shield when Apocalypse was a member, like a kind of a founding member of S.H.I.E.L.D. um, in in that area. And so like that's now like one of the the homework things that I'm doing for myself is to go back and reread those issues of S.H.I.E.L.D. to see if there's stuff there that may... Inevitably tie into into this, but I, I there's got to be some. So, so, what yeah. you're
3: saying is, I should read every Marvel Hickman book. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> I I mean, got it. Every Jamie time was, he releases a new issue. Yep. Jamie was lamenting. He's like, oh, I got to go read Inferno now. <laughs> 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 the other day. I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. what
0: happens. And so, Cypher's in this, yes. So, he makes a thing with Krakoa. And I think Cypher, and I'm going to be writing this up, is one of the most important characters in this story. Mm hmm. Um, because the story is all about technology versus biology and evolution and how it affects both, and he's kind of the centerpiece of being the meeting of biology and technology. Um,
1: and, Especially and, for what happens next in the issue.
0: Yeah, and like how he makes contact with Krakoa, and in this little panel that you would miss <laughs> if, like, I mean, I was watching, I was reading in cinematic mode, so it's like highlighted. But if you were just looking at the page, Can you would read probably, it that way too. Yeah.
4: Hey. hey
0: Um, because it gets I mean it really does put you up in the art and and highlights things you would otherwise skip over with your eyes which is like Cypher going through Cocoa and touching leaves which are then being affected by the techno organic virus which is such a tiny moment but so very important to the story and if you go back through all of these books and every Cypher scene every Cypher scene is something crucial like if you go back and look at them so I'm really and I think at the end of this and so the final scene of this book is the future again the distant 1,000 year future of the librarian with the phalanx, and I think is now Moira's 10th lifetime because they're, they're, in that future there's a mutant DNA library that we thought came from Nimrod in the future war, but now seems like it came from Sinister's mutant mm-hmm. library that's been existed for 1,000 years. And so the big reveal in that scene is that they want to do this ascension thing with the phalanx, but they can't just be absorbed because the phalanx don't absorb biomaterial, bio they only absorb techno material. Mm-hmm. And so they're using this scheme. One of the elders that's there with the librarian uh, converted their consciousness into this orb, which is then into the, absorbed in the phalanx. But the consciousness still retains its identity. So there's something that they're trying to do with taking like. Yeah. Well, because on-
4: isn't that that's that's Nimrod. That's a creation of I thought that's what that was. What? Nimrod, the actual object no, was, that was that that's No, orb is separate yeah, from separate. the little it's robot. The separate Robo from Nimrod. Okay.
0: No, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. no, no. That was just an orb they created to basically convert bioconsciousness yeah. into techno forms. Okay. Absorbed. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. They're trying to find a way around this so that they can be part of the phalanx, but also retain their individuality, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so we don't know what this is, but I feel like this is all going to culminate in learning some kind of next sort of existence level. Well, this fits with what
4: Destiny tells Moira earlier when she says you'll get your 11th if you make the right choice. Yeah. I feel like when they end this book on, well, now we just have to see if they accept it, right? They've made all the choices they can. They've tried to do everything exactly right. Now it's up to them to see if, like, they'll accept this. And at that point, I think that's what kickstarts the 11th life. Yeah, if, if they accept it, right? So, I mean, it, it ties in to earlier stuff. Man, yeah. This is
0: mind-blowing. Yeah, so <laughs> that's, crazy. that's a simple issue that <laughs> still raises so many questions and boggles the mind. Oof. We can't wait to see what's going to happen in House of X5 next week. Yeah, yeah, yes. because, I mean, this has to ha- answer what happened to the X-Men and possibly a major reveal about what's really going on on Krakoa, who Xavier is, who these pod people are, what Sinister's up to in the present day 10th timeline and all of that. Which, like I said, this is gonna, we're at the point now where we're gonna see if Hickman can truly bring this home. All right. Got faith. Got faith. I have faith too. And this is one of the most exciting events in comics I've read in years and definitely one of the most exciting X-Men story I've read in like half a decade. So I'm enjoying it. All right. that's That's it for me. But you guys gotta take us home by telling us what's going to be hot at WWE's what? Damn Clash of Champions. What it? was,
4: my, was, it was that? like a half shimmy, half kind of. Whoa, wait, it like you whoa, were wait for it. Grinding on something. Wait for it. That was there horrific. It, it was horrific. Right just did a, just My did
0: goodness. It. Anyway, what's going on at WWE's <laughs> Clash of Champions? Connor, Matt, take us through it.
4: <laughs> w- Can we say what Kofi labeled it in his notes? Go for it. It's champ- was it? Would you call it Champy thingy?
0: Champions <laughs> thingy.
3: Yeah. <laughs> WWE Champions <laughs> thingy.
0: It's
3: taking place this Sunday in Charlotte, North Carolina. On pay per view and the WWE Network, yeah, Matt. This is our first pay per view venture since SummerSlam.
4: God, isn't it been uh, really?
3: Yeah, it's it's been about a minute, and TV's kind of sucked, but the card looks great, which has kind of been the story of WWE all year. Uh, we well, it's usually do
1: hard to screw this one up.
3: It really is. We've we've done this pretty much with every show. What's your pick of the pick of the show? What's the match of the night?
4: Um, oh, I gotta say, uh, Braun and Seth. I gotta say, that's the one I'm probably looking, that's the one I am personally looking forward to the most. I mean, yes, you obviously know Becky Sasha is like right right beneath I'm it, right there. I'm surprised not, because that one has a story behind it. It does, but here's the thing. I totally wrote off Rollins and Lesnar. We all And do. then they produced a fantastic match with little to no story. It was just, they told the story in the ring and they did it very well. Seth and Strowman, I think, could be one of those, like, they do it again, and this has little to no setup other than the fact, but they'll tell the story in the tag. They'll- so, see,
3: here's my here's my issue with that yeah. match, and we talk, I wrote about this in the preview. My fear is that we're going to get late into the show, and they're going to do the Raw tag title match, mm-hmm. where Seth and Braun have to defend their titles, yeah. and then... Turn right around and have the match. And my fear of what's going to happen is Braun is going to turn on Seth at some point, hit him with a power slam, and let Bobby or Dolph pin him. So they lose the tag titles, and then Michael Cole gets on the mic and goes, how will Seth overcome the odds? And then he does. (laughs) That was a pretty good impression. (laughs) And then we we just move the heck on, and Braun turns heel again, and the big show comparisons start popping up, because this is like the third time in a year and a half, and the heel run did not work last year. It sucked all the momentum that Braun had going right out of him.
4: Yeah. I completely agree with you. And so if they do I, that,
3: we'll be disappointed. I really don't want that. But I'm afraid that's the easiest route they can go with this. True. If they, if they want to try just a little bit harder and go, you know what? Braun's still a good guy, but he is going to try and beat the living yeah. hell out of Seth now. Which, that's fine. Which
4: I think you can – that's not you can hard get away to with do. It. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like you can do that. Especially and they when we know who's waiting in the wings. Yeah. I, I think if they do what that – I mean, do you you think they will do the other – my, I'm just hoping okay. that they go that route. If they go the other, then I will be upset. I will be disappointed because no, that, I, I'm
3: hoping that they go the route of Braun doesn't win, but he's not a jerk yeah. Yet. But
4: I don't want them to turn him yes. like just because that's easy and that's a little lazy. Yeah. But uh, if they do that, I will be disappointed. I mean, Becky and Sasha, I am looking forward to in a huge way. I just I don't want to be caught on the thing of like I, I just when I was looking at the card that that match immediately stuck out to me and go that could be awesome. Yeah. That could be great. They they have the same type of contrasting styles, and they can do, like, Braun has come so far in the last two years, right? Yeah. They could do some great stuff together. So that's the one I'm I'm most excited about.
3: I'm going to please the Legion of Kofis here and say I think it's Kofi Randy. I feel like the match at SummerSlam they were holding back because (laughs) they they knew they had, no, the ending of that match sucked. The whole match sucks. (laughs) The ending of the SummerSlam match sucked. And I felt like it was because they were holding back because they go, yeah, we got to do this for at least another month. Ooh. I think this is the payoff. I think okay. this is the one where Kofi finally goes. No, Randy, you're stupid. And he beats him. Okay, because he keeps I, calling him stupid. And
4: all I just, uh, I don't know. They, they didn't, uh, they didn't wow me last time. Yeah, and it didn't. Now I will. I do like the revival. Like I like what they've done to the storyline parts in mm-hmm. between. I'm just not looking forward to another match between those two. All
3: right, one other big question I have for you, and Jim, I, I want your take on this too. In between this Sunday and the next pay per view in Hell in a Cell, we have. NXT moving to mm-hmm. USA. USA. We have SmackDown moving to Fox. A lot of They're going to be promoting the hell out of all these shows up through that. By the time we get to Hell in a Cell, who is Universal champion and who is WWE champion?
4: Who's Universal?
3: I don't know. Is it, is it still Seth and it's Seth versus Bray? Seth versus Bray? Because Wyatt said he's challenging the winner. Hell in a cell.
1: In that case, it's probably going to be Braun.
4: That would be great.
1: Because Braun is a former Wyatt family member. And And there's a lot to play off that.
4: And if they keep him not heal, he can go into that as a babyface and you have a true matchup. I wasn't gonna say that before, but I'm totally going with that because he won me up. (laughs) 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 Going with that—that sounds
1: great. On SmackDown, I mean, they'll find some way to put it back on Roman.
3: I'm afraid of a certain beast popping back up on that first episode of SmackDown and going, "Hey, I want that title, Kofi." Uh, Dude, to put Brock to put Brock Lesnar back on like primetime network TV, I'm not opposed to it. Uh, He needs to wrestle. on a fox episode though it can't just be yeah i don't show up f5 leave
4: i don't want any more of those if he's got to come back for a run come back for a run yeah like show up back to back weeks one time would be nice like don't just have paul come out and do a the real i think the question that we
1: kind of are overlooking here is will bailey help sasha and will sasha help bailey
3: oh i i I don't think resulting in
1: the both of them being champion.
3: I do think they're both champion, but I don't think it's help is so much. It is just Sasha beats Becky. See, I think they'll help fairness. each other in
4: some form or fashion.
3: Because you can't see your girl losing clean, can you?
4: No, well, no, no. But, you know, but, but, oh, he's no. already he's already but, been on but, me today, but, but and he's that, sour right? because they're, Becky torched Bailey on social media. You're she's a little being, sour. She's,
1: she's just being petty. Gonna, they're both gonna. I mean, it's not like one's there oh, one night, petty, one's there great. the other night. Like, they will be there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The yeah. whole their whole thing this far has been helping each other out.
4: Yeah. Sasha even teased the the hug connection thing on on social media. Was I like, really hey, like, like to
1: see for like when Bailey comes out, like when her huggers sort of go up in the air, yeah. have them just immediately deflate. Like, yeah, as just like a heel move type yeah, thing. Or thing she
3: just pulls her. out like a little like pin and just <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: goes, <laughs> Or just a <laughs> knife and just. You know like, how you said thing. where your thing of like, oh, I think they'll do the easy thing with Braun. Yeah, they'll do the easy thing here for me. That's where I come from. So I see them finding some way to help each other out. <clears throat> That's just a go-to move, right? Yeah. And not even just WWE, like NXT, like in their NXT stuff, those they did heel, it. But those are heel moves. Yeah, but I'm yeah. saying, and like, I think the that. opportunity is just too rich there to have them both help each other out and the night My question is, champions. But, but, but
1: then like, the thing that, that I don't really get is I don't know if you go into SmackDown debuting on Fox with
3: Bayley as your champion. That's a good point, but then there's also talk of the draft and Becky's That's already true. being advertised for SmackDown, yeah. even though she's on Raw. There's a big indication that people are going to you know, get moved. Becky's going to wind up on SmackDown. It's Yeah,
4: point. And then, I mean, I don't think, I think. So, if you to had the, told me this six so months then, ago, I would have questioned so that. But Bailey having to. And then, is,
1: oh, now we're going down a real dark spiral. We probably oh, should wrap God. this up soon. But if Bailey helps Sasha mm-hmm. and then Becky goes to SmackDown, then you immediately have a feud with Becky and Bailey yeah. to kick off Fox. And that's great right?
4: that can work No, I don't want to see that. I don't want to see well, that. I, oh, I want to see that. I
3: think this all leads to a four horse women fatal four way at WrestleMania.
4: I know one thing I don't want to see. I don't want to see Charlotte get the belt again. We've gone like it's we've been got a while no since she's had it's no. not it's been never she, it's not been too long. They got to get her to 16
3: somehow. <laughs> they will. She will get the
4: belt again at some point and she's fantastic. I'm not that's not any disparaging comments towards well, so Charlotte. But she's she's great. Have Bailey have it? Because your feet, Bailey has some momentum that she she's wanted forever. Why would you take it away from her? I right can now?
1: also see Becky winning it night one on SmackDown because she was also the first SmackDown Women's Champion. That's true. They could also and do that too.
3: Who better just, to have her be her win it from than Charlotte?
4: I agree. I agree that there's ways <laughs> this whole to see thing it. Is just I tangled. just think uh, to take it off of Bailey so. Soon, because she hasn't had the belt that long. I know it kind of feels like it, but it really hasn't been that long. And she's the first time in so long she has momentum. Yeah. Don't take the belt. That's true. I
3: mean, she don't That's take the belt happens.
0: from her. Is that? Do we have anything else? Is that-,
3: uh, that is all. It's just, I'm expecting a really good show this Sunday.
0: Awesome. That's all
3: Shinsuke so, and Maze is going to be the sleeper
0: match. Enough from you. To wrap this it's gonna up, be good. So none good. of this matters. We'll be back to see which one of you is right awesome. next um, when this is all played <laughs> none out. None of this matters. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. If you are just getting into the show, we post new episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com, where you can subscribe to an RSS feed and get regular updates about the show, or you can subscribe on iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google Playlists, or tell any Amazon Alexa device fire up comic book nation podcast and it will start playing you can continue the discussion with us at the hashtag comic book nation or find me at kofi outlaw you can find me at madular cb
3: at connor casey underscore cb
0: if you like the show be sure to go on itunes leave us a five star review because we read reviews on air semi-regularly and if we read yours we send you guys a comic book nation t-shirt like the one i'm sporting here it's awesome it's advertising it works both ways And uh, today we're going to read a couple because we've gotten all our shirts out, so it's time to get a few more out. And so here are a couple reviews that we're going to go through really quick.
1: If yours is red, make sure you email me at editor at comicbook.com.
0: Yep. Just putting it in I'm not going to give out your personal information again. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) At editor at comicbook.com, that's the one, whatever he said. Uh, Hit up Jim, leave him your real name, your address, and your shirt size. We need those three pieces of information, so... First one is You Need to Listen to This One by Jeff L. Hartley. Uh, been listening since the first week, and this podcast has never let me down. You don't have to be a comic book nerd to enjoy this, and it helps to keep me up to date on many different entertainment options. Kofi and Matt and the rotating cast for the third chair are a great team. Thank you, buddy. The next one is CJ Master by Johnny FNAF. I don't know if that means Johnny Fan AF or what it means, but okay.
3: Five Nights at Freddy's.
0: Oh, okay. Good job. What? The, what is that? It's a game. Five Nights at Freddy's. It's the evil game. Chuck no. E. Cheese thing. Oh no, I don't know. I'm learning something. That'd new. be right up your alley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My new favorite day of the week is Wednesday and Friday, thanks to you guys. I cannot wait till I get out of work and listen to your podcast on the way home. It's like I'm talking with my friends about the world of pop geek, whatever. Everything from comics to movies to TV to wrestling, which I suddenly am into. I am into again. Love the different guests in occasional extra episodes. Thank you so much for making my commute easy a couple days a week.
1: For those watching the video, you guys both, both of you missed a perfect opportunity to do too sweet instead of I almost did, and I can't, can't do ball. that. We lose all, all right, our cool All right, put a cap on this wrestling crap. Let's go.
0: <laughs> Don't let the name deceive you. By CPain883. This is a must-listen for anyone, especially for any nerd, geek, moviegoer, Disney lover, gamer, TV show connoisseur, WWE fan, and a lot of other things. Dang. I love this show. The hosts make you feel like you are a part of the team and you are among friends while discussing a variety of topics. They discuss and review, as well as spoil, beware, a lot from an assortment of different perspectives <laughs> and isn't limited to a single viewpoint. I express how highly I recommend a must-listen. All right, so thank you for those kind reviews. We really do appreciate you guys showing love on uh, those reviews. And so that's why we send you the T-shirts. Great! So if you heard your review, just read, be sure to hit up Jim at editor at comicbook.com. Real name, shirt size, address, we're going to get it out to you. That'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. Thank you for tuning in with us, and we'll see you guys next episode.
4: Peace. it Later.